1: is Life Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. 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 Download initiated. Initiation. Your quantum journey, a transformation, begins in three, two, two,
0: two, 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 two
1: one.
0: Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hi, I'm Rob Actus, best selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast whisper, and Mr. Action himself. Life Transformation Radio is heard in over 90 countries. Thank you for joining us from all around the world. Whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to Life Transformation Radio for some time, I want to personally thank you. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life, love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose. We celebrate life's challenges and overcoming them. Please rate and review Life Transformation Radio on your favorite podcast platform. We so appreciate it. On this show, my guests are amazing people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation my guest today, well, he does just that. Today, Alex Sayan and I discuss how you belong anywhere you go as long as you don't betray yourself. If you want to learn how purpose can come from pain, how to make big decisions from your heart, and know that you belong anywhere you go as long as you don't betray yourself, this is the show for you. Going from zero to hero. Born with two left feet. No, not really. Has no coordination. He felt like an outcast with his friends and family. He struggled with hyper, hyper 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 hyperhydrosis. I knew I'd get that right somehow. Hi and I said it before earlier. Hyperhydrosis. We need to talk about what that is. Body image issues. Being overweight. And only later in life discovering that he has ADHD. Well, the person who underestimated himself. As a worst dancer, slowest learner, he's now running the largest salsa dance school in Canada, inspiring his students on and off the dance floor to live their best life. And I met Alex right here in Clubhouse, where we are recording this show to be on Life Transformation Radio. And all I can say is, Alex, this is it, baby. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio.
1: Woo! <laughs> I've been looking forward to this, Rob.
0: I can tell. I can tell. Well, you're here, man. You're here. And I'm so glad to have you. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for making me feel like I belong with you.
0: Oh, man, you belong. You're a great guy. You're a great guy, man. You, you've got a hell of a story. You really do. Um, I, I, I don't even know. So you weren't really born with two left feet. Like you just like, what are you saying about that? Like clumsy? What are you saying?
1: oh my gosh uh just no rhythm awkward um couldn't keep a beat e- even though i did piano lessons i always just just struggled struggled all the time since i was little um and just growing up it was uh it was rough weddings parties you know halloween parties at my friend's place i was always in the corner avoiding the dance floor so much to say about that wow So it felt like two left feet
0: now, now why did you feel like an outcast with everybody, your friends and your family?
1: That's a great question. Um, the why came later. So why was um, there is so many superpowers of having ADHD. And only last year, so I'm 34. It so was 33 when I found out I have ADHD. But one of the things uh, that's unfortunate with someone who doesn't know they have ADHD is uh, it takes – Kids like that longer to learn social cues. Yeah, how to, to do, learn how to play.
0: Exactly. Do you know why that is?
1: Uh, well, yes. So, so um, it it has to do with with the frontal cortex. It has to do. No, with, no. With even uh,
0: even the most basic, even the most basic to like take it down to the basics. So I have ADD, ADHD, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've had it. Mm. I've been diagnosed for a long time. So we can definitely dive deep in this conversation. But here's the reality: mm. the reason that most people. That have ADHD or ADD don't understand the social cues is because all the way back to when they were kids in preschool and kindergarten and first grade and second grade, when they were being taught social cues from their teachers and being aware of that, they were so distracted, they never picked up on it. That's why people with ADD and ADHD don't have good social cues and why they're sometimes awkward in public.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I lived that and so did you. So definitely, that, well, that's so a big it's, chunk of it. Absolutely.
0: Well, so here's the interesting thing. So my sister gave me a book when I was an adult and I read it. I'm like, oh my God, because I was wondering why I had some issues. I overcame a lot of it, just my, you know, outgoing personality and people just, mm-hmm. you know, they just... I just kind of figured it out, but not really figured it out. They just kind of tolerated me because I was fun to be around, I guess. And so the book is based on that kids don't have social cues. And the book actually taught me how to go through and have social cues. I'm going to see if I can find the book somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but I'm going to go wow. look. And if I can, I'll, I'll actually post it in the show notes. But um, it's quite fascinating. So that makes it difficult because um, it's kind of like the roadmap and how you – navigate relationships and it makes it it makes it really difficult to do that
1: yeah um i remember one particular time uh so i was around 13 years old and i had like i played with friends baseball but you know quite often i always was just really sensitive to rejection it's one of the adhd things right like just sensitivity we're always looking for little cues where someone disapproves of us and we take it personally uh, as we become adults, we can mature in that. But I remember I was walking 13 years old. I was walking outside my high school, and I looked up in the sky, and I imagined myself being 90 years old alone. Oh, man. Like nobody's going to love me. Oh. And I started crying because I believed it. Yeah. Well,
0: that's um, that's not I always good. felt
1: like I was an outsider looking in, and I didn't have a place.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. we can add even to that. So you had body image issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I was I was, uh, I was, was made fun of for my size. Um, did you ever watch that show or heard of it called Magic School Bus? I don't know if they had that in the States, but... Um, yeah, we
0: have Magic School Bus, yeah.
1: Right. So, okay. So, I grew up on that. And uh, so, I remember my mom bought me this um, yellow uh, coat and it was, like, kind of big. And I remember my best friend in high school nicknamed the Magic School Bus because I was big and I had this puffy coat. And for, like, two years, people would call me that summer and not it was rough. <laughs> on top of the hyperhidrosis
0: yeah it's funny because the world today is so affected by words and mm. um I used to get bullied when I was a little kid and I just but it's interesting because I didn't really know it as much because I didn't know that I wasn't paying attention to the social cues of so people actually bullying me and I was just going to the beat of my own drummer um but my grandma taught me a long time ago, you know, sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. And I just believed that. I just didn't I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. And so I find it fascinating um, how today especially, how words just annihilate people. People just want to be offended. And, you know, I'm I'm sorry that that you felt that way. That it really it makes me sad. I used to see people picking on people when I was a little kid and they'd make all these names and people would make fun of me and, you know, rob the slob. I was a big, I was a chubby little kid that wore husky jeans and, you know, whatever. But um, mm-hmm. it didn't have an, a lot of an impact on me. But I do know that it had significant impact on, on people. A, a, a example, you. And um, I just, I just never understood why people would, want to hurt anybody else i just never understood it i never like i wasn't the guy who even though i was getting bullied i never made fun of the other kids and it was interesting because like even today and I, I see a movie and you know i was watching this movie preview the other day and it was a high school and this kid was getting bullied and uh, they tripped him and he fell and he dropped his science project and everybody laughed and uh, that's not funny and I, I i never i never really understood where people get off on people's pain and so i'm really sorry that 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 happened and you know uh, how did you how did you deal with that cuz it hurts
1: so it's it's it, i mean i mean listen you, so much compassion is coming from you rob i i am i'm so just blessed to be on, uh, on this call with you um so it's it's interesting because i lived both lives like you said like i I didn't notice it, and yet I noticed it. I was always in the moment having fun. Yeah. And at the same time, it was in the back of my mind that I don't belong with them. Like, I don't fit in. I'm the odd duck out. I always felt, kind of describe it as like, I felt like a donkey in a sea of horses. Like, but but let me ask you a question. Did
0: you, Did the donkey th- still hang out with the sea of horses?
1: Uh, yes. Okay. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I'm because love and belonging is what we starve for. And when yeah. we can't get it, we do fitting in, which is the yeah. opposite of belonging.
0: You know what's interesting about that is that mm-hmm. um, you will find if you go back and talk to the people that you're with in high school and that sea of horses, a lot of them felt the same way. And if you ask them... That you felt like an outcast, they're like, "Oh my god, Alex, you were like amazing. We loved you. You were so fun and 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 just friendly and great to be around." I don't know if you know, but that's what's going to happen.
1: Oh, Rob, a million percent. Like when I look back on it, you, you said something beautiful earlier. You said, "Why is it?" Because I'm very sensitive to bu- bullies, yeah. and I'm also very sensitive if someone is left out. Like if we're, there's a party and if someone is sitting by themselves, I will go towards them. Oh, and you actually and, one of the, I think, great superpowers.
0: You and I have, have a lot in common that way because, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't like bullies. I've got some shows coming up here on the show and, um, they're about bullying and, uh, not a, not a good thing. And, and I definitely want people to feel included. I, I, you know, my, my grandma was amazing. She said, look, treat people how you want to be treated. And so that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. Um, I, I never would want someone to see, you know, me get hurt and, and laugh. So I don't feel ever as appropriate to laugh at someone's misfortune. I just don't. And it's interesting how all the way from a little kid that I remember that stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, we tend to remember the things that made us feel something, don't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's talk about this hyperhidrosis. I don't know what that is. Nailed it. Uh, well, yeah, uh, it, it I know. <laughs> you know, it's so funny is because I just put mm. too much too much brain power into saying it, and I already knew how to say mm-hmm. it, but it was just kind of funny. But I did say it eight times, so I figured that the tenth time, now that I've said it, hyperhidrosis um, would be just absolutely perfectly said. So, let's talk about hyper. If is that is that where you sweat a lot, or you don't sweat? Uh, it's
1: it's where you sweat so much. As a, a lot. Medical condition.
0: Okay, and yeah, it's like, your it's hands 10. too, right? Isn't it your hands and everywhere? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So it's it's uh, I mean, like I remember in high school, I was writing a test and I have to keep my hand off the paper for an hour and a half, because if my hand touches the paper even once, this it sweats so much, it would go straight through all the papers. And wow, one time I remember um, I put my hand down because I was exhausted and the ink bled. So I walked up to the teacher and I handed him and I said, can I have another test paper? And he didn't know I have this. Nobody really knew at that point. and uh, not even my friends. And, he's, and he said, he's like, oh, why? What happened? Why is it wet? Oh, I don't see a bottle of water. How did it get wet? And I remember my face is just red. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed in that moment. I'm like.
0: Well, that's I someone know. who doesn't know social cues and be able to tell that there's someone <laughs> in crisis.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, you know, I, I'm a strong believer that we've had a lot of teachers, but only a handful do we actually remember for the good things. Yeah. yeah. So I, exactly. that was just one, like dating, ho- holding a girl's hand, shaking hands, even like basic touch things that we take for granted, playing video games with friends, Sega Genesis, passing the Ramon. They're like, dude, why is it wet? Ew. And then oh. they rub it off on their T-shirt to dry it.
0: Or you could get electrocuted. I mean, I wonder, could you get electrocuted? And I'm being funny. That's a great
1: question. I have a lot of funny stories where I got electrocuted, but that wasn't because of the sweating. That's because I was just being um, just silly. Like one time I was five years old and this is back home. So the voltage is 240. There's a lamp. And my mom is doing her own thing. And you know, back in the day, like when you have razor blades, you didn't have the safety things. It's just razor blades, right? They would be in the bathroom, whatever, right?
0: Yeah, everywhere, it like, everywhere. It's kind of like it's everywhere. kind of like drinking water out of the hose or sitting in exactly. the in the back seat of a pickup truck. We survived, but I yeah. don't know how we did. So
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I remember I took this razor blade, and I was like, "What would happen if I cut?" The wire of the lamp that's plugged into 240 volts. So my mom is talking. I start just cutting on five or six, <laughs> and I get shocked. And all my mom hears is a scream, and the lights dim in our house and go back up. She runs in. There's a hole in the carpet where it's singed. I flew back a foot, and my hair is standing, and I'm shaking. So I don't think that was a sweaty palms. I think that was just <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that was just
0: me. no, exactly. So yeah. so let's see. Hmm. Um, and you're overweight. You had body image issues, you had hyperhidrosis, you had ADHD, you didn't know it, you didn't understand social cues, and you felt like an outcast with your friends and family growing up. Sounds like you just had a joyful childhood there, Alex.
1: I legit, though, um, it was all like self-caused. Yeah. Right? Like but, When I look back on it, like I had a blessed life, to be honest, but my... Turbulent growth and feeling like an outsider. You know, it's um, what is it? Energy flows where attention goes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that was the that was the that was the rough part. And, and growing up, I mean, that was that was the whole uh, marriage counseling thing because when we came to this country. It was just my mom and I. And Where'd 59. you come from? Where'd you come from? So I came from a small country. It's called Uzbekistan. So it's you know the stands. We all know the stands. One of the stands. Got it. And. Uh, the stands, right, the neighbors, and so we came here as refugees, actually, uh, from the states, so so uh, the night of, we were supposed to leave, I remember my mom walks in, and I'm watching TV, I have my legs up, it's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, she says, pack up, I'm like, what's going on? She said, like, pack up, we're living the country, I'm like, what? She's like, pack up, and I remember going to the living room, um, going to the hallway, and my mom's stuff is already packed, and she's packing my, th- she was, so here's the thing, I'm very talkative, so she was worried if I would tell my friends the government would find out and we wouldn't have to leave the country.
0: Oh, wow. So, so You talkative, Alex? You talkative? Yeah. Seriously?
1: No, right?
0: no, 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 no. No
1: way. Um,
0: so you yeah. made it to Canada.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you, like so, okay. So um, then you went in and you wanted to become a marriage counselor. So did you go to, mm-hmm. did you go to college? What'd you do?
1: So, so yeah, so um, in high school, like growing up without a dad and always just looking at male role models and male teachers as, as figures, I, I was like, I felt a hole there. Like I felt the pain of a boy trying to find out what it means to be a man. Right. And so I went into university and I, I told my mom, I'm like, I want to be a marriage counselor. I remember her reaction is like, what is that? I'm like, what do you, what is that? What do you mean? It was like, what is marriage counselor? Because like back home, you don't really have a marriage. I'm like, it's a therapist. Right. And uh, she's like, oh, I'm like, it's going to happen. So I went in and went to university, York University, and got my honors in psychology. And the goal ultimately was master's, Ph.D., to become licensed and to help families and couples.
0: Wow. And what happened? Because hmm. you're not a marriage yeah, counselor. Second, you're not no, a marriage I'm, counselor.
1: Well, well, I'm not licensed, but I do do that in my dance studio. So so, um, so second year, uh, like uh, – Halfway through the second year, third year, I remember uh, just sitting in the library, and and I'm forcing myself to study. And like this is it, right? Like this is not me not knowing ADHD, not knowing this what discipline can do for me, all that. But sitting there, and I'm like, I love understanding people. I love being there for people. I love serving and being a positive light. But I'm like, I just felt that. I'm like I don't think I can cut this. The amount of focus that that was required and strength. Yeah. Not knowing again, I have ADHD. I was like, I think I'm not meant for this because I thought because it was so hard to study, so hard to stay focused. Right. So I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Like for the last three, four years, this is my this is the whole thing. This is what I revolved my identity around. And I was like, OK, well, what I learned was I don't like school as much. Like I don't want to do my master's in PG. Like I, I just don't enjoy that. Like the marathon of that. I said, but I did want to help people. And I do want to make a living, but I want to – you know, I always – since little, I don't know if you kind of imagine this, but I remember, like, travel, going on a bus from high school and imagining I'm a superhero flying around, helping people, serving people. That was always my thing. I That's want to be cool. a hero.
0: I like it. I like
1: it. And so COP was like, okay, like, COP, you're becoming a police officer. They do some – some school work, but it's practicum and then I okay, think be so, out there. So
0: you just went from marriage counselor and now of cop. Like people that are listening yeah. right now know that you went to training to be a police officer. So we yeah. have to we have to just remember they're they they do not know the story, so we have to just let it unfold. So oh, we sure, went from yes. marriage counselor and yet just mm-hmm. you decided, you know what? I'm gonna go into law enforcement.
1: Yeah. So, so I was like, how am I going to do this? And my family was against it. They're like, it's dangerous. You're going to die. In fact, my family was against me even being a therapist. So I was like, did they say gonna you happen. were going to
0: die there or no? They just, was that dangerous the, for, for them the or no? The therapist or the cop? The therapist.
1: Oh, well, so the, I, I, this is legit the conversation. And I love my mom and she knew things. Like she didn't know what ADHD was, but she knew that I was a very sensitive kid. Right. And I took things very emotionally and energy uh, deeply. Influence oh yeah, me you, would, you would, me, right? you that would, you would pick
0: sense up sense. on all the pain of your, of your clients exactly. and you would just be a wreck.
1: Well, that's what she, her fear was, right? Like that yeah. was her fear. And so yeah. I remember when she, she's like, you're not going to be a therapist. And I said to her, watch me. And for a year we argued. <laughs> and, uh, I remember when I got into it, six months into it, my mom comes to me and she's like, thank you for not listening to me. I was yeah. like, what? That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So did you actually become a marriage counselor?
1: No, 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 no. So I did my bachelor's in psychology and I got out of there and I went to the path of being a cop. As soon as it clicked, I knew I wanted to finish my degree. Like if I started, I want to finish it. Yeah. But as soon as I was out of university, uh, I started training. I started. I lost weight. I started to get in shape. Uh, I did all the practicum and the testing. And the process to become a police officer is you apply for it as a job. Right. And there was two paths. I can do two year police foundation college. But the gar- but the problem was it's not guaranteed you'll even get hired. So I, I so I started to go to like different police stations. I interviewed police officers. I asked about their experience. Like I really, you know, I think one of the ADHD powers is when you obsess about something. Oh yeah, you become an expert in it.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. That's so I hyper knew focus. about their wages yes. and everything. Yes, yeah, the yes. hype, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. We don't even have to try. It just pulls us.
0: Yeah. It's pretty. If you're so- if we're if we're engaged, um, we're all in. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about, mm-hmm. you know, with with those initials, ADD, ADHD, um, I consider it a superpower. Um, there's a, there's some negative things about it, but you can learn to work around it. Um, you can you can get medicine. I'm not on medicine anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I have just really focused on processes and procedures to make my life effective. Um, all right. So let's go back to you being a police officer. How did that go?
1: Mm-hmm so so I, I started to do my testing and the problem was as i graduated from from university i have a bachelor's in psychology but you can't do anything with a bachelor's in psychology it's not a bachelor's in business it's not a bachelor's in computer science right. so i needed to get a job I'm, I'm like i have to support my family i want to i want to give back i have a massive student loan so after speaking to a bunch of cops they said you need experience when you're applying to being a police officer so i said okay. Why not just become a security guard? That's within the realm. I can make some money. Uh, and at the same time, right, like I'll apply right. and wait for the – because sometimes you can wait two years to, before you hear back from them. That's the problem. Like the hiring process isn't every week. It depends on the budget and and depending on the government how much money they say. Okay, we need 30 more police officers. Let's open up the academy again, right? That's yeah. kind of the process. Right. Probably the same as where you are.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so – um, mm-hmm. No, good. No, I was going to say – so I so I applied, and I remember I applied for security work, and I got rejected like from 20 of them because they kept saying, you don't have a security experience. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> – yeah, this is why I'm here. Right? And I remember saying, I'll volunteer. They're like, what? I'm like, I don't care. I'll volunteer. Don't don't pay me. I'll do it for two months for free. And they're like, we can't do that. I'm like, well, you're not thinking big enough. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, obviously, right? It's all love. But So I finally got a job, and I started working as a security guard. And uh, and I was loving it. I was loving it because I was like, this is all leading me to becoming a police officer. Like this is this is the next thing for me. Yeah. And uh, about a year and a half into it. So my application is already set. I'm going to be hearing back from them. I already got an email. Right. Like we're, we're going to start that process. And something clicked on me. I shouldn't be a police officer. It just it just. It, it, it just it just snapped. And it's one of those things. It's like it's either it's a switch right with especially with ADHD and ADD. It's either it's on or it's off. Yeah. It's either gear six or you're in the pit. Yeah. Right. Like as a race car. Yep. And then uh, so I was lost. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because like I've changed professions two major times, even though my family and friends and at that point, my fiance was against me becoming a cop. Right. Like all this. And I have nothing on my resume. I'm like, this is. I'm like, I'm in a hole. Yeah. So th- I re- that was a really dark place. I remember very uncomfortable and scary place. So like my identity.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. So you went from not being a cop, and then you dove into sales. What were you selling?
1: Uh the first one was I hated it so much. Was a debit machine. So when you go to a convenience store, you know when you tap on the debit machine, those little things. I do business door to door selling debit machines.
0: Oh yeah, that's hard. I've done that.
1: I've and done with that. AD, oh, you did? You did debit machines? Are you serious? I Rob? Did
0: I did? I worked for American oh my, Express. Which was the company? I worked for American Express. I used to American go in. American Express. Oh. Used to audit <clears throat> all the all the uh, all the credit card terminals. That was my job. Make sure everybody had yeah, the, the, Am- the signage and stuff. You know.
1: Yes, and especially with American Express, a lot of businesses turn that down because of the rates that they have to pay compared to um, MasterCard and Visa.
0: Exactly, and it was actually right. 5%, not to digress, yep. but we have, both have ADHD, nice. so we're just going to go ahead yes. and go down this path. Do it. Um, Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, so it was like 5, 5%, and my job was to go into medical offices and get mm-hmm. them to sign up, and I was one of the top enrollers of – getting people to sign up for American Express merchant accounts. that was like, man, I was just like on fire. I just, I just got it. It was amazing. And it was funny because, um, yeah, the credit card rates were a lot more for the American Express, but man, I, mm-hmm. I enrolled them in the possibility of the people, you know, that had money, especially I, I specialized in cosmetic procedures and, uh, you know, plastic surgeons and I got, I got a lot of business. So it was kind of cool, but yeah, I digress.
1: So, I could see you crushing that in, in that field, especially like just who you are, but that field, because the purchases are large, right? Like yeah. no, nobody's paying $20. They're paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah. It's a big deal. Big deal. Okay. So you got into it mm-hmm. and how did it go? Mm-hmm.
1: So I did, uh, uh, so I did about four months of it and I had, I had my highs and lows, but it was rough because it was full commission. They don't pay you anything. Nope. And sometimes I'd be tra- traveling yeah. like yeah. 50 to 80 miles out of the city in my designated zip code or well, right. zip code for U.S. area code for us. Right. But right. same thing anyway. Right. And so uh, it was rough. So I was like, I can't keep doing this. And then I got out of it to work in a corporate sales where I really started to crush. And it's um, what do they call it? ADP. So it's a massive corporation. Payroll company. Pay Payroll company. It. That's right. I know. Yeah. 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 So what I loved about it was um, just because I had to do relationships with banks and people. So relationships is my strength. Yeah. Walking in with a suit into a mom and pop shop that they're barely making a living where they're all cash was not what I enjoy doing. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Okay. So yeah. the transition. So we've gone from. Just a really challenging um, childhood that you created with all, all, all the the um, abuse, your hyperhidrosis, your body image issues, overweight, being clut- klutzy, having two left feet, marriage counselor, trained to be a cop, to debit sales, to ADP, and now this, this I would say the long shot. Like if you're if you're a racehorse going across finish line, you'd be like hundred to one. And now you decide, if this is how it goes, you know what? I'm going to be a salsa dancer. How did that happen?
1: <laughs> I, I'd even say a million to one. I got, I got really lucky. So, um, so I got into university at 20. And at 22, I got an operation, just for context. Uh, the operation that I got, uh, they went between my ribcage cage. And they cut the sympathetic nerve to my hand. So my hand stopped sweating. So I got a medical procedure done. Oh, yeah. And when I got that medical procedure done, uh, a month later, I signed up for salsa level one at the dance school that I currently now run. Wow. So that was at 22. So I was in university and I just I got tired of feeling trapped in my body. I got tired of not being coordinated. I hated clubs. My friends would drag me to clubs, and I never felt right grinding against a girl or being drunk. Like that was never who I was. I'm, 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 I'm such a loving and caring person, and to put myself on anyone, I, I, I reject that. That like, like physically. I got you. So, 22, I started for salsa level one, and so that was me in university. So through the process of uh, university training to be a cop, going into sales, I just kept dancing. And so I was the worst dancer. Like I, re- I remember, I, like in our school, graduation is automatic. Nobody gets held back. There are no tests. But when I finished level one, I didn't have money. But I remember running back home to my mom, and I'm like, mom, and I'm crying, and she's like, what's wrong? And I said, um, I finished level one, but I don't feel like I got it. I want to do it again. She's like, okay, well, what do you need? And I'm like, I don't have any money. And I remember she wrote me a check, handed it to me, and I ran back to the school and I sent up for again salsa level one, like. To say I was the worst is an understatement.
0: Well, you have to start somewhere. Just, you have to start somewhere.
1: Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's
0: all—it's all a foundation. And here's the thing: um, because from talking to a few people that I've met here on Clubhouse um, that are actually your students, which I thought was fun. Um, oh wow! They have said that you're so understanding and kind when they're walking through the door, and I don't mean actually physically oh. walking through the door, but I mean like the very first lessons, because people don't. Look, salsa dancing is like very similar to martial arts. You have to build that foundation, and you do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And so think about it. If you had not had all of this stuff in your life, and it would have been easy for you to become a, a salsa dancer, you would not be where you are today because you wouldn't be able to really be empathic with people that are coming in to learn how to dance. You wouldn't be able to, you know, let them know that it's okay that you don't know how to salsa dance. That you are there to teach them.
1: Thank you. Um, I I, re- I receive that compliment, Rob. Thank Thank you. And 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 um, I I do believe one of the Pleasant compliments. I mean, first of all, it blows me away you ran into some of my students. Actually, Tanya. Tanya's in the room. Tanya is one of my students. Oh, sorry. Like, this is going to be um, a, a podcast. So Can
0: everybody wave, at Tanya. Right. Hey! Well, wave at Tanya? That's <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: um, oh, my gosh. But yes, I, I'm, uh, you know, the way I define belong or belonging is open arms. Yeah. As soon as you come in, you have an energy of, hey, you're welcome here, whoever you are, no matter what. And then, it's tr- seek to understand because it's everybody's starving for that. Like to, I never felt like I was understood. So because of that pain, I'd make an effort and then validation. So when you mention that it triggers me because, um, it was hard and lonely when I was growing up and feeling like an outsider. And when I struggled through the dance, cause I started 23 for a guy who runs the largest dance school starting at 23 is really late. But yeah. Dancers start when they're, Four years old, you know, two years—like it's insane. And so, one of the things that was a really beautiful gift—one of my students said, "You teach us like a student," and that was so great. beautifully put. Yeah, that's great. I struggled with it, so I know where they will fall, and I know how to support them. And often, it's just compassion.
0: That's wonderful. All right, so mm-hmm. purpose comes from pain, as you say. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, sorry, Rob. Hello? Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm just I'm just oh, saying.
1: Oh, oh, purpose. Oh, yes. Purpose comes from. Yes, I'm a strong believer. Um, I think of it like. um. Like what drives me is a hunger of something I didn't get the way I needed it when I was younger. And when I learned what it was a couple of years ago, uh, I get to channel that in a healthy way now. Right, because I, I, there's a lot of parts of my life where. Uh, if I feel lonely, I'll try to fit in. And fitting right. in is the opposite of belonging. Right. So, But when I learned belong is the thing, I have to reject fitting in and just build my own community and my culture of people who understand me that ask me to be more of myself. So I believe that we all have a personal pain. Um, and if we channel that in a healthy way, we get to actually heal the world and heal ourselves.
0: I love that. And big decisions come with your heart. And yeah, so how so, so how have you done that? Have you made those big decisions where you've come from your heart? Like the is that where the wins have been? Where have the the big wins been? Where you've made those decisions? And it might be working at the dance studio.
1: Yeah. So so here is how actually the whole dance studio thing happened. So at this point, I'm working ADP. I'm making really good money. I'm going to be promoted, making six figures, which at the age of uh, twenty seven was like insane for me, right? Like I'd never imagined that. But I'm not really Well, that might be insane. Sales, that
0: man. might that might be overwhelming for a lot of people that are listening. 6 figures at 27, that's, that's a great accomplishment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so so what happened was uh the previous school owner, an incredible woman, the woman who taught me like from salsa level 1, she comes up to me and she's like, "Hey, we need an admin and we're going to pay you like basically like
0: Minimum wage. Of what I'm yeah, doing. nothing. We're gonna yeah, pay you sugar. nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like basically, right? Like, and you can you could just sleep like, on the hay
0: mattress in the corner. There you go. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it was all love. They just didn't have the budget. But they approached me, and and so I said, "Oh my gosh, if you approach me, even when I was doing the debit machines, I drop everything for you guys because I love this place so much." Right. I said to her. Right. And so what happened was, at that point, I was I was I was training to be an instructor, but it's a part time gig. You you can't make a living. A full-time living as a dance instructor, unless you own a school, right? B- just physically you'll burn out. Like the amount of hours you'd have to teach is insane. Got like it. seven days a week you'd have to teach to make a living. So, so everybody who is a instructor here, they have their full-time jobs. This is So they approached me and I said no. So she walked away. She's like, okay, Alex is not it. And then now who is my mentor, Evan Carmichael, back then I didn't know anything about him. He t- talked to her, said, let me talk to him. So he messaged me and he's like, Hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we meet up? I was like, okay. When he's like right now? And I was like 1130 at night. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, let's meet. I'm like, all right. So I drove over to his place, right? Love it. Uh, one of the ADC superpowers, right? And yeah. just go.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So we met and he said, Hey, listen. So this is what you were offered. Here's what I'm thinking. Why don't we make you director? I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I think you're right for this. I think your personality, I think everything is right. Not knowing behind the scenes what was happening was the previous school owner, uh, unfortunately, because of a back injury, she started to pull back from the school. She didn't want it to die. But, you know, when you know, imagine if you lose your voice like,
0: no, I, gotcha. I would
1: never wish that on you.
0: Right. I got gotcha. you. You have. No, no. Oh, I, I, have. I, okay. I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So like that was happened. So her, so now she can't teach and her passion for what she built from scratch is disappearing. So I, I was not aware that Evan was planning to not let it die, take over, but it's not even his passion. So all this was in the back room, just skipping ahead. But so he approached me, he's like, just be a director. I said, how much? And at this point they were offering me, uh, two sixths of what I was getting. And so I said, I said, I said, I, 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 this is insane. Like but again, like I'm about to at this point, I was I was um, two years in a relationship. I'm planning to propose to this girl. We're about to move in together, first time ever moving out of my mom's place. <laughs> like I want to be responsible. And I'm like, I have my family to support, blah, blah, blah. So at the end it came to a no. Right. We separated. Next day he messaged me, he says, let's meet again, second day. So we meet again. This time he's talking, we're going back and forth. I'm like, I'm like, I can't budge on the money. It's like it's not even about the money, but I have resp- If it was by myself, if I wasn't with my right. then, you know, to be fiance. I'd say yes. I wouldn't care. I'd drop the six figures for whatever you're offering, just to support you and this. At the end of it, he says, "What would it take?" And I just, I just pulled it out of just thin air. I just blew, just said it without even thinking. I said, "If I could own 10% of the company," and he says, "Well, I can't really do that." Blah 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 blah. He says, "But let me see what I can do." So he walks away. The third day, we meet again in a forest. <laughs> I remember like this is how I get killed. So we go, we're going on this walk, and he says. Why don't we do this? The pay can't change right now. And honestly, he says, I'm going to be paying out of my own pocket. Not even the business. I'm going to pay out of my own pocket. He says, but I'm going to coach you and I'm going to support you. I'm going to train you to be an entrepreneur. We're going to build this business to a certain level and I will give you the business. I'll just give it to you. Wow. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, it's it's like, it's like it's going to be a handshake. We're going to shake hands, man to man, and this is it. Now, I'm scared, but the money is still the thing. And so we go back and forth, and I remember it was after two hours, he got tired. He said, I've never tried to convince someone so hard that they're right for this. He's like, you're literally made for this. This is what you're meant to do wow. with everything you stand for. And he said, I'm going to ask you one last time, but I need you to be honest. He says, what does your heart say? And I said, it doesn't matter what my head says. i got to buy a couch. i got to buy it. Right. He's like, stop. He says, what does your heart say? And I said, I really want to do this, but I'm scared, man. He says, okay, we'll figure it out. And we shook hands, and that was seven years ago. And thank God I said yes. Wow. But that was that moment. Big decisions with your heart.
0: And that's the moment of transformation of Alex saying, oh, my God, that was incredible. What a ride, man.
1: What a ride.
0: Thank you. Alex. Thanks for being here today on Life Transformation Radio. It happened, man. It happened. I told you it happened.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Roth.
0: You're welcome. You're Thank amazing. Thank you for honoring
1: me. Thank you for bringing me to the space. I'm, I'm tearing up right now just thinking about that.
0: Oh, you're a great guy. Hey, if you want to learn about salsa dancing and, and converse with Alex, just head over to torontodancesalsa.ca. You can also hit him on Instagram at Toronto Dance Salsa. Oh Twitter too at Toronto Salsa and right here on Clubhouse. Thank you, thank so, you so much. much Rob. Thank you for absolutely mind. dude. Thanks for being here. And thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Taking time out of your busy and precious day to listen to me. And of course, Alex, we so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me along with my very special guest, Alex saying to touch your heart, move your soul and inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time.
1: This is Life Transformation Radio. Download complete. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.